0: All right, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 24. Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount with these words. Therefore, whoever... By the way, when you see the word therefore in a passage, you look always look to what is said previously. Da-da-da-da-da. Therefore, based on what I have just said. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine... In other words, whoever hears the Sermon on the Mount and does them... I will liken him to being a wise man who built his house on the rock and rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it failed. And great was its fall. That's how Jesus concludes the Sermon on the Mount. And then Matthew, the gospel writer, adds this summary of the reaction of the crowd. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished. And we'll talk about that word at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. We sang the song, On Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. I wanted to share with you the story behind that song. You know, It's really fascinating sometimes to look at the stories behind the songs that are written. And sometimes they really come in a... In a <laughs> You know, out of dark times, out of wonderful times, out of challenging times, and sometimes they just came. Some years ago, I had the opportunity to interview Mark Millard. When I was working in Christian Radio, Mark Millard is the lead singer for Mercy Me, and of course, the the famous song, as I can only imagine. Had the opportunity to interview Mark, and I asked him how that song came about. This was before the movie. This was years and years ago. And he told me that story. How he, you know, after his father died, he, he just kept writing those words, I can only imagine. It's something that that his grandmother said to him at the funeral of his father. She leaned over and whispered to him, Can you only imagine what your daddy is seeing today? Amen. And he kept writing those words down, I can only imagine, just scribbling. You know, he, he had a notebook and he would write notes and write songs and he'd write that phrase down. I can only imagine. And then one day he looked at those words and in 10 minutes he had written that song, I Can Only Imagine, Music and Words in 10 Minutes, which is you know, the, the highest, I guess, grossing uh, Christian uh, song in the history of the world. Uh, and, and so it's, it's amazing, a story behind that. Let me share with you the story behind The Solid Rock. It was written by the na- man by the name of Edward Moat. Now, he lived in London, England. He was uh, born in 1797 in London, England. And listen to the story behind this song. He said, I was an ignorant boy. I didn't know there was a God. I was raised in a godless home to godless parents. My Sundays were spent on the streets of London in play. I had an unruly childhood. But God was good to me. (laughs) And he blessed me to become a writer of hymns and a minister of the gospel. Edward Mote uh, composed over a hundred songs, but he wrote one song that is still a favorite song of people around the world, and it has been for generations. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Wrote, uh, Moat says in his early adult years, he attended a church where he heard a pastor preaching about Jesus Christ and the love of God and God's grace and mercy and how Jesus could take away all the fears of his life and give him peace of heart and peace of mind. And he said, I gave my life to Christ. He became a carpenter apprentice in London. He worked hard. He was very conscientious. And soon he had his own cabinet shop he writes that one day while walking to his work, he began to think that he should write a hymn. Now, brother Chris has tried to write hymns. I'm not a songwriter, I have discovered that. The, the, you know, When I try to write a hymn or try to write a song, I get to the word thee and that's it. You know, nothing else comes, I'm not a songwriter. But Moat said as he was walking to work, he, he said he should. he began to think about writing a hymn and the words came to his mind. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. Before the day was over, he had written four stanzas of the song. The following Sunday, he visited in the home of a friend, a minister, whose wife was at the point of death. During the afternoon, they read from the scriptures, and he prayed with her. As the preacher whose wife was sick was looking for him to sing, Mote reached into his pocket and pulled out his verses and asked if they could sing the song to her. And so they did. And the wife of the minister friend seemed to enjoy them greatly. Mote was so pleased that she found comfort in his verses that he had a thousand copies printed and he distributed to his friends. He had a lot of friends, didn't he? Sometime later, Edward Mote became a Baptist preacher. Came from a pretty rotten childhood and he got saved. Sometimes the best preachers come, come from those kind of backgrounds. And he was a wonderful preacher. He made it possible for his congregation to build a building, a house of worship. And the people were so grateful to him for his leadership that they offered to give him the deed to the property, the building and the property. His reply to them was this. He said, I don't want our chapel. I only want the pulpit. And he said, when I cease to preach for Christ, then you can throw me out of that. (laughs) He served this congregation for 26 years and never missed a Sunday for any cause. In his 77th year, as he lay on his bed of sickness, he replied, I think it's time for me to go to heaven. Yes, I am nearing the port. The truths that I have preached, I am now living upon, and I will do to to die upon as well. Ah, the precious blood of Christ, which takes away all of our sins. It is this which makes peace with God. And then he closed his words, his final words, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. What a victorious ending to a useful life. He was reared in a godless home, learned an honorable trade, gave it all up to become a preacher. His memory will remain for generations because he took the time one day to write one little simple gospel song based on Matthew 7, 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him, liken him into a wise man who built his, his house upon a rock. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. (laughs) On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand. In these verses that we have read today, Jesus says that there is a day of judgment coming I know sometimes it's a fearful thing to contemplate, but the reality is this. For all of us, there is a day of judgment coming. There is a day when we will stand before the God who made us and the God who gave us our life, and we're going to give account to him for how we have lived the life that he gave us. That's a reality. Now, people try to erase that. In fact, the whole, the whole concept of the theory of evolution, it really is not a scientific concept It's been couched in those terms. But in reality, Charles Darwin was a man who hated God and hated the, the thought of being accountable to God for how he lived. Therefore, he created a system of life in which there is no God so that he didn't have to stand before him to give an account of his life. He erased God, supposedly, from his creation. But you can't do that. There's a day of judgment coming for all of us. And Jesus says on the day of judgment, the life that we have lived in this world, which Jesus in this passage compares to a house, will be tested by the judgment of God. Jesus compares the judgment of God to a storm. And he says this, as it is wise to build your house on a good foundation, So that it will stand against the storms of life, so it is wise to build your life on a good foundation so that it can stand against and withstand the final judgment of God in your life. Now, it sounds fearful. We're going to face the judgment of God. But here's the thing that takes the fear out of that when the judge is your father your heavenly father through the lord jesus christ if i'm going to stand in judgment before god i want him to be my father who loves me not because of who i am but because of who jesus is so in these verses jesus tells us and tells this congregation that's listening to him and he tells us you know there's a final day of judgment coming and you need to be ready and by the way you don't know when that day is coming Now, see, we anticipate living a long life. You know, we kind of have it mentally. We're going to live a long time. And I hope we all do. You know, I'm 69 years old. I hope I live to be 109, just like Brother Jack here. (laughs) I'm sorry. Jack forgot his suspenders today. I told him I was going to have to pick on him about that. You know? We all have this vision in our mind, we're going to live a long time. And then, you know, if we think about our death, we think, well, you know, hopefully we'll die a nice, wonderful passage from this world. But we know how tenuous life is, how fragile life is. We know how things can turn in just a moment. So you need to be ready. And so in these verses, Jesus pictures two people standing before God on the day of judgment. One of those individuals had wisely built their life on the solid rock of faith and trust in Jesus Christ and obedience to his word. One of those people had given their life to Christ and they built their life on the solid rock of faith and trust in Jesus Christ. But the other person that Jesus pictures in these verses was a person who had foolishly rejected Christ and his word instead they had built their life on the shifting sands of the values and the beliefs and the philosophies of this world you know this world makes fun of christianity you know we're, we're the butt of many jokes and people make fun of christianity and they say that's not the way to live the way to live is what we think a worldly vision worldly philosophies worldly beliefs worldly activities don't be like those fools who follow Christ be wise and follow us I have a PhD from Harvard (laughs) oh my friend in the day of judgment many of those who think they have built such a solid life will see their life fall apart in a moment in the storm of the judgment of God and little old simple in their estimation stupid folks like you and I our lives are going to stand because we have built our life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. When the life of the person who has put their faith in Christ in this picture that Jesus paints was tested by the judgment of God, it stood strong. It survived the storm of God's judgment and they were accepted by God. But when the life of a person who had rejected Christ was tested by the storm of God's judgment, it fell apart completely fell apart and they were lost forever the wise person builds their life on the solid rock of faith in God and his word and when their life is finally tested by the storm of God's judgment their life will stand strong and they will be accepted by him my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. My hope is not built on me or what I have done or what I have accomplished or who I am. That's shifting sand. My hope is not built upon the shifting values of this world and the thoughts and the philosophy, philosophies and the so-called wisdom of this world. My life is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and His righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, not one second of my life, But holy trust in Jesus' name. Now Jesus makes it clear. He made it clear in the verses we looked at last week. And he makes it clear again. A lot of people are going to be shocked on the day of judgment. They will bring the life they live before the Lord and they will be shocked. When the faith they claimed to have was not a real faith, and when the life they built that was so strong will fall apart as God brings His judgment upon their life, that's easier. And I'm not a builder, not much of one. I helped the church one time build a church building, and, and most of the congregation, the men in the ch- congregation, you know. We, we did the work, a lot of the work in the building and the guys that I was working with that were in my church pretty soon found out I, Brother Chris, was not a lot of carpenter. So I became a toter. I toted the wood here, toted the, this there, toted that there. And when they did give me a hammer, they gave me the, the assignment of going way up into the, 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 the top of the church building, way up in there and nailing some stuff together up there where it couldn't be seen. These were smart men, smart men. I'm not a builder, but I think it would be easier just to build a house on the flat foundation of sand. You know, just put the house there. It it would be easier. You don't have to move a lot of stuff, you know? It would be harder to build it on solid rock where it would take commitment and and dedication and hard work. Listen, it's easy to follow the crowd of society. It's easy to go through the wide gate that leads and the broad way that leads to destruction. It's easy to follow the crowd and to build your life on the values and the standards and the beliefs and the philosophies and the so-called wisdom of this world. No, following Jesus Christ is not easy. It requires a decision to turn over your life to Christ. A decision, a commitment to surrender your life to Jesus Christ and to receive him as your Savior and Lord. It requires a person to say, I am a sinner. I have done wrong. You know how hard that is for many people to say, to admit? I haven't lived the way God wanted me to live. I've disappointed him. I've rebelled against him. I've sinned against him and I'm sorry, and I want to get right, I want to be right, and I don't understand it all, but I believe in Jesus. You know, I don't understand how Jesus died for me, but I'm not saved by my understanding, I'm saved by my faith, and I put my faith in what God's Word has said, Jesus Christ died for me on the cross. And it's not easy to come to the point where you're willing to say you're wrong. In these days, nobody wants to admit that they've done wrong. If somebody does something wrong, it's not my fault, it's their fault. Their fault. You know, my mama didn't hook me enough when I was a baby. Or my daddy, he spanked me too much when I was a kid. And they always want to point fingers at other people for the wrong they have done. It's hard for a person to come to the point and say, You know, I have done wrong. I have lived wrong. I have rebelled. I have rejected God. That's hard for a person to do. But until you're willing to do that, you cannot be saved. That's repentance. That's a confession of your failure before God. It's hard to do that. And it's hard to come before Christ and say, Lord, I give you my life. You have the right to control my life. All that I have and all that I am, I give to you totally. I am your servant. I am your slave. I am your property and I am your possession." But until a person is willing to do that they cannot be saved that's hard to do it's easier to just to follow the world to build your life on the shifting sands of what this world says it's not easy to follow christ but it sure is rewarding to follow jesus is it not Amen. i'm just as happy today as you know a frog that's found other frogs and they're both in the pond together <laughs> it's rewarding to follow It's a blessing to follow Jesus. It's a blessing to follow the Lord and to know His acceptance and His love for you. In the end, only those who have built their life on the foundation of Christ will survive the storm of God's final judgment. And so, the question we need to ask this morning as we understand that Jesus is talking about the final judgment is this Are you ready? Are you ready? Don't worry about your neighbor down the road or your neighbor in the pew. The question is, are you ready for God's final judgment? Well, embedded in these verses, you always look for things that Jesus has said. Every word is important. Embedded in these two two, uh, verses are two evidences, two evidences that you can detect in a person's life that tells you a person's faith in Jesus Christ is real. A reality and they are ready to face the judgment of God the first evidence is this and Jesus in Matthew 7 24 says this there so, therefore whosoever hears these sayings of mine the Sermon on the Mount which begins by the way with how you give your life to Christ with the Beatitudes how you can define Christ whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them not just hear But does them, whoever hears them and does them, I will take him to be a wise man who built his house on the rock. Can I get a little technical with you? And does him, in the original language, is written in a sense that something is real now and it continues. Sometimes in the original languages, you'll find, you know, in the context of grammar or whatever, you'll find a word that says it's it's done and it's over. (laughs) Something happened and it's over. But and does him is written in the sense that this is something that is done now and something that continues to be done. It's in the present tense, which means it's a reality at the moment and it continues to be a reality. So what does that mean? Well, here's what Jesus is teaching. The Bible teaches that a continuing desire and a continuing pattern of obedience to Christ and His Word is one of the most important evidences of a true faith in Christ. Now, what does that mean? Well, I was saved back in 1975, I think it was, at Singapore Baptist Church. I know I was saved. I have trouble remembering the year sometimes. In Sycamore Baptist Church, it was a long time ago. I was saved as a, as a man. At Sycamore Baptist Church, Sycamore, Georgia. Well, the I gave my life to Christ. I was saved on that day. Well, Brother Chris, how do you know you were saved on that day? The reality and the proof that I was saved on that day is not what happened back then, but how I am now. <laughs> if my faith was true, real then, my faith will still continue to be real now. I will continue to do and to follow and to obey Christ. The proof and the reality that you were saved is not what happened back then, but who you are now. Because if your faith was true then and real then, you will still be continuing to live a life of obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. Maybe you won't live a perfect life, but the direction of your life will always be an ongoing desire to obey Christ and his word. And that's true in my life. I was saved back then. How do I know I was saved back then? Because I still love Jesus today and I still want to obey him and follow him. And I still want to love him and live for him. Each and every day. A person who, you know, I talk to people sometimes and say, are you a Christian? They say, yeah. I say, well, when you were saved, I say, back 1960. And I was baptized at so and such and such a church. And you come to now in their life. They haven't been to church in years. And they're living all this, this, you know, this kind of different uh, things that are not, you know, are not pleasing to the Lord. That's a reality in their life now. And as I look at their life now, I'm not the judge. Jesus is the judge. But I can tell you that their life today says that they were not saved then. Because if they were really saved then, they'd be different today. Whoever hears these sayings of mine and continues to do them, that's the evidence of the reality of a true faith in God. Now, no Christian is perfect, you know? I try to be perfect one day, and then I made about 10 minutes. That was good, you know? Try to be perfect tomorrow, see how far you, <laughs> no Christian is perfect. But the, 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 the reality is not perfection in our life, but the direction of our life. Even we, if we have imperfections, we continue to love the Lord and serve him. We all have our ups and downs as Christians, don't we? Or sometimes we're ready to storm hell with a water pistol. And there are other times we'll deny Jesus just like Peter did. But it's not, it, it's always the direction of your life. I love those old senior saints, bless their hearts. They are saved when they were teenagers. And they've loved the Lord lived the Lord throughout the years. And they're still faithful in church. And they're still coming and they're still committed. And they're still loving people. And they're still trying to do what the Lord wants them to do. They're still trying to honor the Lord in their life. Those are wonderful saints of God who will be blessed in heaven. So how do you know if you're ready for the storms of judgment? Are you doing what the Lord wants you to do? Are you continuing to love Him? Are you continuing to obey Him? You may have your ups and downs in your Christian life, but are you continuing to love the Lord and live for Him? I was in that stadium yesterday, and all of those people, I wanted to go there and ask them if I could preach on the PA system, but I didn't think I'd get very far. You know, and all of that's exciting and everything, but man, give me Jesus any day. Give me Jesus any day. Here's the second evidence in these words that you're ready for the storms of life and for the storm of God's final judgment. If If you are faithful in the storms of this life, that reveals the reality of your faith and it reveals if you're ready for the final judgment. Now we go through storms in this life, do we not? No life is is without storms. The storms of this life are not pleasant, but they have a purpose, an important purpose. The storms of this life reveal the reality of our faith. How we deal with the storms and the adversities of this life in this world tell us whether we are prepared for God's final judgment the storm of God's final judgment now what does that mean if your faith cannot sustain you through the storms of this life then your faith is not real and you're not ready to meet God in judgment if your faith is real the adversities and the storms that you face in this life will ultimately draw you closer to God not drive you away from God if your faith is real you will say with Job in Job thirteen fifteen, though he slay me yet I will trust him Job was going through adversity was he not if you know the story of Job and Job he went through all kinds of stuff And finally, he came to the point, there were so many questions he had and he was asking these questions about why this was going on and why this was happening to him and his whole world was falling apart. He didn't get any of the answers. He couldn't understand anything. Finally, he came to the point where he stood before God and says, I don't care if you take my life, I will still trust in you. And if you have the faith to get through the storms of life like that, your faith is real and you're ready to face God's final judgment. If your faith is real, you will say with Habakkuk in Habakkuk 3, verses 17 through 19. Listen to how the prophet Habakkuk closes his prophecy. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, and this is an agricultural society now. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls. Those are all devastating realities in an agricultural society. Habakkuk says, even though my life may fall apart, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength, he said. He will make my feet like deer's feet, and he will make me walk on the high hills. (laughs) That's real faith. You see, if your faith stands strong in the storms of this life, that means your faith is real. And you can trust in Christ to go through and, and be acceptable to him when the final judgment, the storm of God's judgment comes upon your life. You're ready to meet. Your day of judgment before God. My mother died of pancreatic cancer. I told you this story. My mom was just a very simple woman. She was from the hills of Arkansas. My dad met her when my dad was going through basic training in Fort Chaffee, Arkansas, preparing to go to World War II. They met and they were married about a week later. My daddy didn't let that sit very long, did he? He met her and he fell in love. About a week, uh, a little short time after they got married, my dad was deployed in World War II. They came home to Fort uh, Chaffee, Arkansas, Fort Smith, Arkansas, and he took my mom back home to Cordial, Georgia, Crisp County, Georgia, and uh, was a farmer. My mom was just a very simple woman. Didn't finish high school. But she was the sweet. And I know I'm talking about my mama, your opinion of your mama, you know. But my mama was just the sweetest thing you had ever made. She had never had a harsh word for anyone. She was kind. She was compassionate. She was a wonderful Christian woman. And then she got pancreatic cancer. And I never will forget the day I got the call from my sister saying, Mom's got cancer. She went through a year of agony taking treatments and all that kind of stuff and but she died a, a year after her diagnosis she died during that year my family my brothers and my sister and my, myself miss iris and all of our spouses we tried to minister to her my mom and my dad trying to take care of her that's a storm isn't it the diagnosis of cancer especially pancreatic cancer that's a storm But I watched my mama during that year of that storm, her faith in Christ became stronger, more committed, and she was wanting to share her faith with everyone. That storm didn't weaken her faith, it made her faith stronger. I would go and visit with my mom and I was gonna minister to my mom and my mom turned out to minister to me she was ministering to me she'd pat my hand and say honey it's all right she loved to call me chrissy y'all can't call me chrissy my mama can call me chrissy she'd pat my hand and say chrissy it's gonna be all right my mom's faith was so strong that storm hit her life today i can have confidence that when my mom stood before my lord in in the day of her judgment her faith that was strong on earth was strong in that judgment and i have no doubt I'll see her again in glory. Amen. Amen. Yeah, there's storms. Storms will hit us alive. But when a storm hits, if your faith gets stronger, then your faith is real and you're ready for God's final judgment. So build your life on the solid rock of faith in Christ. Yeah, we live in a world that ridicules that and, you know, and calls us all kinds of names because we're Christians and rejects our faith and... Edna wants to put Christianity over on the side. And if they could, they'd stamp out Christianity. They're going to get their wish one day when the rapture happens. (laughs) And we go up. We leave this world behind. And they make fun of us. And I could tell them today. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. And I dare not trust the sweetest frame, I dare not trust anything, but holy rest in Jesus' name. Matthew closes this Sermon on the Mount, and he says, and so it was when Jesus had ended this saying, the people were astonished at his teaching. I love to do Bible studies, word studies. The word astonished is, is, is pretty amazing. You remember that show where that guy would come around and he'd hear something and he'd say, golly, y'all remember that? Gotta have a little age on you to remember that. This is basically a golly word. It literally means to have your mouth open. The people had their mouths dropped open. They were astonished at what Jesus was saying. For he taught them as one who had authority. Jesus does have authority. He's the Lord. He's the Lord. He's the judge and he's the Lord. He has all authority. He's the Lord and what he says is true and real. But you know, just being astonished at the, the teachings of Jesus is not enough. You got to believe the teachings. Amen? You got to believe them. And you got to accept Christ as your Savior and Lord. And I pray that everyone here has done that. I pray you can stand and say with me, my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness.